Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to the Paddock and the Pavilion, the pod that focuses on two sports. On that point, I would love to hear from you to find out what you like about the series as we approach our third anniversary. Email the paddock and the pavilion at gmail.com or message me via Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. On today's show, we are back with cricket after our recent Royal Ascot episodes. On Thursday, the 13th of July, Major League Cricket, a new exciting T20 franchise tournament, is due to blast off at the Grand Prairie Stadium in Dallas. In this podcast, I spoke to Tom Dunmore. Major League Cricket's Vice President of Marketing and Communications, who gave an in-depth insight into this exciting new cricket tournament, which has attracted global stars the like of Kieran Pollard, Rashid Khan, Trent Bolt, Quentin Decott, and Faf Duplessis. If you didn't know anything about Major League Cricket, you will do so after this podcast. Thanks for joining me on the Paddock and the Pavilion, Tom. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Stephen. So, USA Cricket, Major League Cricket, why now? Well, I think it's been a long time coming. People have talked about cricket in America for, for quite a long time. In fact, we did have high-profile cricket in America back in the, the 19th century. There was a lot of great cricket played here. It was more popular than, than baseball until the Civil War. And there were, there were great players that continued to come out of America for, for quite some decades, even after that, uh, not to get into all the esoteric history, but players like Bart King and others that, that came over to England and demolished some batting lineups. Um, so there's some history to it. It is a bat and ball sport country, of course. Uh, baseball won that <laughs> won that battle um, in the 19th century. But what's changed over the last couple of decades are uh, the demographics of, of the country. The, the expat population from cricket-loving countries has, has exploded, um, you know, primarily from, from South Asia, especially India. And that's provided a base of a very large number of cricket fans. 
there are different estimates out there, but you know, there's no doubt there's, there's probably at least 10 million fans of cricket in the US, uh, perhaps more. Um, you know, all the numbers support that. Uh, so we know now that there's a massive base of fans here. Uh, when you also combine the changes in cricket, obviously the T20 landscape has, has transformed the sport, made it more commercially viable. Um, obviously a shorter form of the game that's that's easier to, to introduce and host matches for, uh, as well as the fact that you can bring the world's best players to America now with, with, with a T20 franchise league. And that is not something that would have been as easy to do in past decades, but but now it's really set up to do that and bring over some of the top players uh, to to Major League Cricket, which is what we're doing. Uh, so when you combine sort of the change global cricket landscape, the change gem- demographics of America, I think also general interest in in different sports has grown in America too. It's not just about the big four sports anymore. We've obviously seen football, soccer breakthrough here but but also f1 um you know there's major league rugby here there are other sports on the rise too and that's you know sort of another function of changing culture and and dynamics of how people consume you know consume sport and consume media and, and can follow it on the internet which again was hard to do decades ago you know, if newspapers weren't printing the cricket scores how would people know what the cricket scores were now you can get as much cricket as you want in america you know i subscribe to willow tv which has two tv channels you know 24 hours showing all of the all of the cricket i can watch the ashes live and, and really any any event so it's easy to follow the sport so i think there's a, there's a number of factors that have converged uh, to make the timing timing feel right for this for this venture yeah i'm glad you mentioned the uh 19th century i'm not going to labor on it but uh i looked up and the uh, first international cricket match was played um, between the usa and canada in 1844 england's first international cricket match was against the usa in 1859 and uh, just to uh i looked on the usa cricket um england did win the game england got 156 and we bowled the americans out for 38 and 54 uh, but not to labour on the uh, 19th century, uh, you talked about the changes in America. Building up to Major League Cricket, before I talk to you about your own cricketing background, you had Minor League Cricket for uh, for a couple of seasons. Yeah, Minor League Cricket is really important here. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about franchise cricket, obviously, and what it's doing and, you know, a lot of people that worry about about what franchise cricket does, but in a, in our case, really what we're doing is quite different than just a pop up franchise league. We've, as part of our plans, part of our commitment to cricket in America, we have created a, a development pathway, uh, and that that's uh, that's minor league cricket at its sort of apex of, of producing players and giving them a a chance for consistent competition over a summer long tournament uh, on improved facilities that that's obviously one of the big challenges here that america in the past did not have a nationwide consistent competition for players to take part in and the facilities were, were quite poor across a lot of the lot of the country a lot of astroturf wickets and um you know surfaces that, that weren't conducive to, to developing players that can play international cricket 
so we, we introduced minor league cricket a couple of years ago. Uh, 26 teams take part, 150 to 200 matches each each season over eight to 10 weeks. So it's a pretty you know significant competition. That's all across the country. Teams travel around. We have regional divisions and conferences like most American sports do uh, to regionalize the travel a bit. But um, it's given this you know this opportunity for players to, to to get that consistent level of play. It's a high quality competition. Uh, the players are you know many many players with first class cricket experience who have played international cricket as well as the top domestic you know, developed talent, younger players coming through. There's a really good crop of, of young players developing as well. And now they have the chance to get coaching, to to be mentored by a Liam Plunkett, for example, who's out playing for the for the Philadelphians in that league and will play in Major League Cricket too. So it's a chance for them to see professionals uh, as well, the younger players up close and see how they prepare and practice. And that's something we haven't had here in, in this country uh, in the past. So it's really a massive step for the sport. And that feeds into Major League Cricket. Dozens of those players are going to take part in Major League Cricket this summer. And it gives us that pathway because we can't, you know, we can't produce a, a team that can compete with the very best in the world without that pathway of development. And that's that's the goal, to have a USA team that, at least in, in white ball cricket, can compete at the highest, highest level uh, and, and play uh, play the best teams, host the best teams. And for that, we have to have a domestic player development pipeline. To get a player's perspective on minor league cricket, I caught up with former South African under-19s international Andries Hus, who is set to play for Washington Freedom in major league cricket. Do you believe the two seasons of the minor league cricket will help the American-based players in their preparations for major league cricket? Yeah, that's a tough one. I think there's still a massive step up between major, major league and minor league. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully it, it does help help us a little bit. Uh, but I do think it's it's there will be a massive step up for us to um, to take. So hopefully we'll be we'll be able to adjust to to the intensity and the the skill level of the international guys. But medium to long term, it must uh, be a big benefit to young cricket enthusiasts. And players in America. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's a big attraction at this moment. Uh, we've been getting calls a lot from all over the world, basically, for people to come to America to play cricket. So, yeah, it's 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 like I said, it's a massive attraction for everyone um, that's looking to. Even if small tournaments are happening in America, you've been getting a lot of calls to see if they can get into those and everything. And is that why you you moved across yourself from South Africa? Yeah, I think for me it was yes, the cricket, um, but it was more life after cricket. Um, it was sort of I, I just wanted to give the best chance for for my family. I had a, at that time I still had a little uh, a small son. Now I've got a, a young daughter as well, so I just think the the prospects for them after when I'm done and their life going forward will be better in the US than in South Africa. Just go back and ask you about your own cricketing background before we expand the, the conversation to Major League Cricket. What's your own background in cricket? Yeah, I, I grew up in England. Um, I've been in the US for a very long time now, a quarter of a century almost. But, um, 
you know, I grew up in Brighton, uh, about five minutes uh, from the ground in, in Hove there. And, you know, as a member of, of, of Sussex as a kid, I think it was like 10 quid for the season or something. And you could just go in and out as much as you wanted uh, with your little um, badge, uh, whatever the, the, they gave us. And that was great. So I used to walk up and down, you know, from my house to go watch Sussex play. And we weren't very good in the 90s when I was growing up. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, you know, I love, love watching them, but it, it wasn't the golden era that we had as soon as I left the country <laughs> in the early 2000s when Sussex suddenly finally won the county championship for the first time in, in our history. Um, so uh, bad timing for me. But anyway, uh, you know, I played a bit, played in the school and um, uh, just just love cricket growing up. Um, you know, watched, obviously watched England and again, not the best era for English cricket either the 90s, but uh, you know, watch us get um, get hammered uh, by the Australians enough, and which uh, now I work with a bunch of Australians, uh, so uh, it was uh, rather poor timing yesterday. On a side note, when I arrived at our stadium, uh, right as the last over was uh, was being bowled in the uh, in the Test match, with about six Australians there, so that was that was rather poor timing for me. But anyway. Yeah, you know, love cricket. Obviously, moving to America wasn't wasn't too much cricket to watch or play here for a long time. So just sort of watched what was happening. And it happened, it happened to live in Indianapolis when the mayor decided to build a cricket ground there. That was intended and did end up being an ICC quality uh, pitch that to host international cricket on and hosted some regional qualifiers and so forth. Um, so got a little bit involved just helping helping out as one of the few you know, people that, that understood international cricket in Indianapolis. And then when Major League Cricket started, just got the chance to be part of the project. And I'd worked in, in different sports in the US uh, on the marketing side, particularly. So had a mix of sort of knowing American sport marketing along with, you know, knowing cricket as well. Um, so came together well to, to help try to bring this project to life now. And, and you know, hopefully... My kids will now have cricket grounds that they can go to and watch cricket when they're when they're growing up, which you know is something we haven't really had in the US. But it will be fantastic if we can keep growing it across the country here. Must have been a tough day yesterday being around all those Australians. Then <laughs> it was phenomenally poor timing. I, I arrived in Dallas. I watched the uh, match on the the plane as much as I could with the poor Wi-Fi streaming, and I was listening to it on my uh, Uber ride over to the, the stadium and. Walked into a, a room full of Australians right when uh, right when the winning runs were were scored. So painful, but great Test cricket, that really great match, and uh, much better than the last Ashes, which I also watched with with most of my colleagues when we were just getting smashed with no hope of <laughs> any glimmer of uh, a joy. So at least uh, at least they're making it entertaining these days. They certainly did that. Uh, let's uh, move on to Major League cricket uh, for listeners. Can you? Let us know some of the the key points when it's being played, where it's being played, how many teams, what's the format, that sort of information. Yeah, yeah. So all starts July thirteenth, inaugural match. Uh, there are six teams taking part. The, the first match is in Dallas. Most of the matches are in in Dallas. We have built a cricket stadium there. We have converted a baseball stadium. A cricket stadium, which took a lot of work, about a twenty million dollar investment. Uh, obviously, it meant expanding the playing surface, putting in a proper cricket wicket, 
which went in last last autumn uh, and has been you know seeded and, and so forth um, meant you know having to move a lot of stands because uh, obviously when you expand the playing area we had to demolish a lot of seats and move things um, but it's a great location in kind of the middle of the Dallas Fort Worth metro area very accessible 7,200 seat venue so a good size not kind of oversized but uh, you know we're, we're going to fill it for opening night it's, it's going to be a really tremendous atmosphere um, Texas Super Kings will, will play the Los Angeles Night Riders so you can see the IPL connections there we do have three teams that are owned by uh, IPL teams uh, those two um, those two and MI New York being the being the other one and then we have three teams that are uh, that are majority owned uh, by US investors as well which is a nice combination uh, we have the the Washington Freedom the Seattle Orcas and the San Francisco Unicorns which which are all fantastic American names for teams, in, in my my opinion. Two of them are partnered with Australian state cricket entities to, to kind of provide the, the, the cricket expertise. Uh, so Cricket New South Wales is partnered with Washington Freedom and Cricket Victoria is partnered with San Francisco. So they, they obviously run teams in, in the Big Bash and uh, as well as everything else that they do. So they're able to bring that experience, their coaches and, and so forth, uh, to them um and were they then, important uh, yeah. the connections were they com- important the connections oh absolutely yeah yeah i mean you know again we, we we don't have a professional cricket landscape here uh so from the beginning it was important to have the best coaches the best you know organizations that, that run top cricket teams to make sure they come in and do a first class job the cricket has to be good right like it, it's all well and good to put all this together but if, if the cricket's not good if the pitches aren't good you know if the players aren't well prepared people are going to see through it pretty quickly it is a sophisticated cricket audience here the people that follow cricket here love cricket they're, they're from generally from cricket loving countries and they've grown up with the sport so they're going to sniff it out quickly if it's if it's not great cricket um so having that expertise we feel it's a great combination to have a mix of, of ipl teams and then australian cricket entities as well um because that brings some different perspectives to it too uh, which is a bit different than some of the other t20 franchise leagues that, that you know are fully ipl owned for example so we're a little bit different in that regard and we think that suits who we are in america and how we want to develop this for the long long term you know in the long run each team will have its own stadium in its own city that's going to take some time but there are plans in motion in, in each of the locations right now only texas will, will be playing home matches this year uh that will change in the future we're also doing some matches in north carolina this year at a small kind of boutique uh venue that, that uh, there's a great cricket population out there in north carolina um so you know we feel like if we can do a sort of tremendous proof of concept this year with some some great matches Good crowds, um, you know, great players coming. You know, those teams are able to to bring some of the top players in, in T20 cricket over uh, for for three weeks. It, we'll, we'll be able to show what we can do here, and then we can expand on it in in future seasons. And the pitches are they drop in pitches then? No, they are fully uh, grown in pitches. So these are dedicated cricket stadiums. Uh, we don't play any other sports there. 
So we, we have a curator, uh, lead curator is Dave, David Agnew, who has uh, done a lot of these, uh, pitches around the world, uh, including the CPL. Um, so he's from Australia and obviously he's worked out there too. So we have invested a lot of time and money on, on, uh, proper cricket pitches that, that, uh, you know, should, um, obviously we haven't played on them yet, but fully confident they'll, they'll play well. And they, they are, yeah, they're dedicated cricket venues. We don't intend to, to play any other sport, you know, or, or, or you know, that's part of our commitment. We're not playing in baseball stadiums. We're not just dropping in pitches. Uh, we are, we are doing this for the long term with dedicated venues for each team. And will there be floodlit games as well as daytime games? Yep. Yep. So most of our matches actually will be in the evenings. It's hot in Texas. Uh, right now, it's uh, it's about 36, 37 degrees Celsius outside, and it's uh, not even the, the, the top of the day, plus it's very humid. So um, evening matches are certainly preferable. We have some afternoon doubleheaders sort of unavoidably to, to fit everything in. Um, but uh, yeah, most of the matches will be under the lights in, in Texas and, and North Carolina. Uh, and then, yeah, they're going to be great atmospheres in the evening when it cools off a little bit. And, uh, it'll, it'll look great out there. You said six teams. How many matches altogether? And, and when's the, the final? Yeah, 19 matches. Uh, it's a round robin format. So everyone plays each other once. Top four teams advance. And then it's your sort of IPL style playoffs where you have the slightly complex, uh, you know, structure of the the challenger matches and the qualifier matches uh, leading up to the the final, which will be on July 30th back in Dallas. So we play one weekend in Dallas, Thursday to Tuesday. We have a rest day and we're in North Carolina, Thursday to um, Monday or Tuesday again, and then a rest day um, and then the the playoffs that, that last weekend of July back in Dallas. Will we be able to watch some of this on TV in the UK? Yep, yep, 100%. We have not announced the, the international broadcast as yet, but it will be um, accessible, very accessible on a, a familiar platform for, for UK viewers. You've certainly attracted some world-class T20 players. Uh, Kieran Pollard, Quentin de Kock, Rashid Khan, Jason Roy. You've mentioned uh, Liam Plunkett, former England World Cup winning star. How did you manage to do that? You know, I think, to be honest, of all the things we've done, getting the top players here was actually not the hardest thing in some ways. Um, you know, we're able to be quite competitive financially with other T20 leagues outside the, the IPL. Um, you know, it's a short tournament, which probably helps too. It's a three-week window. Obviously, we're also playing in the Northern Hemisphere, so we're not competing with as many other places as the Southern Hemisphere, which is quite crowded now in, you know, in our winter. Uh, we obviously have England and, and the Caribbean, um, but the CPL follows us and, you know, we're always going to have a conflict with the English summer. That's just unavoidable if you want to play in the American summer. But uh, again, it's a short tournament, so they can, they can do different things in different countries. There's a competition in Canada as well after the, a couple of the players I think are going to go and play in. And then the Caribbean, so you can have a nice kind of journey across the, you know, across this side of the hemisphere um, for the summer. It's attractive to play in America. You know, it's different. You get to you get to come out here, 
uh, and play somewhere that's that's totally different than playing in, in Pakistan or India. And, you know, although there are tons of cricket fans here, a star player can walk around Dallas probably without getting mobbed and kind of enjoy it, maybe do a couple of days in Miami or New York on the way in or out and enjoy the, you know, sights of, of America. So it's quite appealing, I think, for players to come here. Uh, they're excited to help build the sport here. I think everyone realizes that if it cricket cracks America, it's good for everybody, good for the global sport to grow uh, and to have new, you know, new opportunities as well. We haven't really cracked a new country in cricket for quite some time as a sport. So, you know, if we can set an example of how to do it here, hopefully it could follow in some other places as well. Um, so, yeah, and the connections as well, of course, through the IPL teams and the, the Australian entities involved with each of the each of the clubs uh each of the teams obviously helps too because they're able to bring some players that play in their other leagues and other teams uh, and just uh, you know kind of follow uh, follow how it works now in t20 franchise cricket so that was all quite well set up really for, for players to, to to come and take part and how many overseas players will be in the the final 11s uh, it's a maximum of, of six. So how do you think the American-based players will, will fare in the in the six teams? I think people will be quite surprised at the quality of, of players uh, that, are, that are domestic. There's there's really a good uh, there's really a good set of players that play at a high level and I think we'll we'll see some come through and make a name for themselves. There are some younger players that are required to be in the in the squad as well, which is great. So even I don't know yet how much they'll play, but it's tremendous experience for them to be alongside, you know, a, a Faf Duplessis or whoever, and and see, you know, and, and learn from those those types of players. Um, so yeah, I, I think we'll see a people surprised at, at the quality, and b that. Um, that's a great learning opportunity and development opportunity for, for the U.S.-based players. Presumably the players that play for the USA national team will be playing in the tournament. Yeah, quite a large number of them uh, will be taking part. I believe there are 16 players that have been capped by the USA national team that will, um, that will take part, that have been uh, drafted as well. Uh, so yeah, there'll be a, a really good number of those those players. The Mumbai New York team look uh, very strong with Pollard, Trent Bolt, Nicholas Poran, Kagisa Rabada. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad it's not a bad lineup. Uh, several of the teams have, have very strong very strong lineups. Um, pretty much all the players are announced now. There's a few players still to be announced um, that will that will add to that uh, on a couple of the teams. But uh, yeah, it's it's a really, really good uh, and exciting set of players on on each of the teams, um, and it's going to be cool to see them in all all in one spot in Texas. You know, I'm sure they'll be going to the rodeo or getting the you know getting some barbecue and, and wearing some cowboy hats, and it's going to be fun to see all of that take place in in Texas. Back to Andres to find out how much he is looking forward to playing Major League Cricket. You've played lots of first-class cricket, uh, Abu Dhabi T10. You've played for the South African under-19 test side. How excited are you about playing Major League cricket 
in America. Yeah, very excited. It's been it's been a while coming. Um, it was supposed to be last year, and unfortunately, COVID just pushed it back by a year. So it's good that it's finally here, and just to see all the players that's coming, it's just really exciting. Yeah, you've got some legends of T20 cricket playing: Rashid Khan, Kieran Pollard. Yeah, it it doesn't get better than um, it doesn't get better than that. I think our team, we've got people that's incredible. All basically, all the teams are so stacked. It's 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 going to be really good. Yeah, who are the international players that you're going to be playing with at the Washington Freedom? Yeah, so we've signed um, Andres Nurkia, uh, Marku Janssen, uh, Hazaranga from Sri Lanka, uh, Akil Hussain from West Indies, and then uh, we've got a couple Aussie boys, um, Ben Dwarshes, Mark, oh, Moses Enriques, uh, Josh Felipe, and then Adam Mole from New Zealand as well. You've got some interesting people to keep wicket to if you don the gloves. It's going to be interesting. So you think you'll be playing as a wicket keeper? Yeah, I think so. Um, it all, like I said, it all depends on 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 the balance of uh, of the team, whether or not which overseas guys. Since you can only play six, it all depends on on the balance um, of the team. So, um, but hopefully, I get to I get to keep a few games. Yeah, you must be excited about keeping to Enrique Norkia. Yeah, so me and Andres, we grew up um, playing against each other. All, so we're the same age. In South, so we, in South Africa, we played all uh, all our years together. So um, it's going to be fun uh, playing. I played with him in Abu Dhabi as well. So it's going to be fun seeing him again and keeping with, to him. Well, he's certainly one of the fastest bowlers in the world. And you've got uh, one of the fastest bowlers in the world, or former fast bowlers, as your bowling coach, Dale Stain. What a legend! Uh, you probably won't agree with me, but he's for me, he's the best bowler ever to to bowl. And uh, so, um, it's, it's obviously the English and the South Africans will differ a lot, but yeah, he's an absolute legend. So, are you confident the tournament will be a success? Yeah, I think so. It it has to be a success, um, but I do I do believe uh, that the right things are in place now for it to be successful. It'll be interesting uh, to see whether or not the next year onward, whether the games become more games or does it stay at a five-match round-robin tournament. So, But yeah, I do think it it is exciting. And one thing, it's always everybody plays who plays cricket, franchise cricket across the world. They've been to everywhere in the country, but nobody actually has played in America. And everybody wants to travel to America. So I think that's also like a bargaining chip that, that the Major League has is everybody will probably want to play in this major league because it's it's the place where they've never been before. And crowd-wise, you think you'll get back in from the... It's in Dallas, isn't it? Yeah, so in America itself, but in Dallas, there's a big Southeast Asian community. So I think I think there will be, there will be a, quite a decent crowd. Um, I'm not obviously, I don't know how many people will come out. But I do think that the support will be there, especially when we go to Morrisville in North Carolina. That um it's a smaller it's a smaller ground with not as much uh, capacity, but that that ground will definitely be full. And have they got practice facilities where they can meet up at the ground uh, before the tournament starts? Yeah, yeah. Most of the teams or all the teams are practicing in Houston, uh, which is about a three hour drive from Dallas. Uh, there's a big 
uh, training facility we have there with five or six pitches. Uh, so most of the teams will, will be practicing out there. We've worked really hard the last two, three, four years to develop, you know, first class training pitches and, uh, you know, the, the type of quality needed. There's certainly more work to do around the country. We know that. Uh, it takes time, especially in a country this this size, to, to get facilities around the country. But um, certainly come a long way the last last few years. And uh, there'll be a short training camp. You know, I think that's always the way with these T20 leagues. Uh, there'll be about a week of, of training camp uh, before the tournament gets underway. Yeah, starting in 2023. When did the the sort of beginnings of Major League Cricket first get discussed? How many years are we going back? Uh, quite some time, four or five years. Um, you know, the the agreement that the Major League Cricket made with USA Cricket was cemented in, in 2019. Uh, so, you know, even before the pandemic, which obviously also slowed things down a bit. But, um, you know, it was a, a long-term vision that, that the ICC had a big role in too, to to really take the sport to a new level in the U.S. Um, and that included some changes at, at at the administrative level with USA Cricket and uh, and then this this agreement that we have with USA Cricket where we are the commercial partner uh, committed to to growing the sport and um, developing the major league exclusively sanctioned for the T20 franchise cricket. But in return, you know, we're making large commitments on what we're doing from a building stadiums to, you know, running the minor league and, and developing players and so forth. So it's a very holistic vision of how you can leverage the attraction of a commercial league to build the sport as a whole, uh, which, again, I think is probably different than most of the T20 leagues around the world where we're not just grafting on top of an existing cricket infrastructure. If you think of, you know, the 100, for example, we're, we're really doing the opposite. We're building the infrastructure so that we can have a successful league in the long run and using the you know, the opportunity, the commercial opportunity of the league to, to make commitments to build the sport, facilities, coaches, players uh, as a whole. Talking about the 100 then, are you not in direct competition and will uh, the programme not clash with the 100 in future years? It isn't this year. Yeah, it's tricky. There's no doubt about that. Um, we both play in the same summer, so there, there are bound to be conflicts across the countries that, that play at the same time. We try to minimize those. We're obviously in touch with with our counterparts at other leagues and other boards. Um, so we're, we're trying our best to, to manage the, the calendars. It will change a bit year to year, depending on World Cups and things like that as well. Uh, certainly want to minimize you know, direct overlap but at the end of the day um you know we have a we want to have a professional cricket league here we want to have the best players and uh so does the 100 i'm sure uh and so you know we we do our best to minimize it um but there are there are bound to be some overlaps at certain points i'm sure certainly playing over three weeks you should be able to get players to play through the whole tournament yeah 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 i'm sure you know there's always things that happen in cricket, right? But um, yeah, for the most part, we'll, we'll look to expand the competition in the future uh, once we have more grounds um, around the uh, around the around the country. Uh, so when we get to you know three, four, five venues, we're likely to go to an you know a longer a longer competition so that teams can can play in different parts of the country and 
uh, you know, you might be looking at a five-week season or something in a couple of years, potentially. And could you have more teams then as well? Eventually, yeah. We want to get this right first with, you know, the six that, that we have. But there's a ton of interest. There are some very big cities with big, particularly, you know, South Asian expat audiences that don't have teams right now. You think of a Chicago or an Atlanta, for example, um, you know, those are places as, as big and with as big, uh, um, you know, populations that could support this as, as some of the cities that we have. But that's in the future. It's not something we're looking to do overnight. We want to get it right with, with what we have first. And is also the aim to get more young boys and girls playing cricket in America. Yeah, and that, that's happening. Um, you know, there are a lot of academies. We have about 25 affiliated Major League Cricket academies around the country in all different places. So those are kids playing from the ages of eight and under up to, you know, 18. Um, they're starting to travel around. I think there's a group coming over to England actually this summer to, to play a few matches and train with a couple of the counties, things like that. So uh, there's a lot of that happening currently. Uh, facilities are, are the challenge. So, you know, we, we need to get more and better facilities for players that, that develop around the whole country um but there are a lot of tournaments now we have mlc junior championships bring all the top players together to compete several times a season in in the big sort of hubs that we have um there's a, there's a lot of grassroots passion for it at the moment it's largely you know it is largely children of, of expats i would say that are playing that's an important generation for us, though. You know, kids that are born in America to parents that love cricket. It's important that they learn to love cricket, too, and play it and have that chance to play it. We can't just assume they'll remain cricket fans you know, just because they have cricket-loving parents, right? They need to experience the sport, play it, and watch it. So that's a big generation to get. You're talking about millions of kids. Um, so, you know, that's certainly the, the primary group at the moment. It's great to start looking to expand that, you know, start to get it in schools and, and so forth and introduce some other some other groups that aren't familiar to it. Um, but we also have to be realistic and, and, and just, you know, at least make sure we get good facilities, good participation growing amongst the core demographic and then aim to expand from there. And any plans in the future for a women's tournament? Yeah, we're not, as MLC, we're not sanctioned to, to run a women's competition directly, but we're very supportive of growing uh, the women's side. We've provided a lot of resources and coaching and so forth to, to some of the younger uh, players that are developing and provide our facilities to them, um, particularly the USA, you know, under 19 women and, uh, and so forth. So we're highly supportive of that. I think there's a tremendous opportunity for women's cricket in America um, you know, women's cricket is obviously fast developing globally, but I think if you talk about where you could catch up fastest, there's probably a good opportunity on the women's side for, for the US. We've got clearly a massive population. We've got a history of tremendous women's athletic performance. You know, if you look at football or tennis or, you know, any of the major global sports, golf and so forth, um, you know, sport is embedded in, in, and partly legally as well due to, you know, Title IX and, and college requirements. There's a pipeline of women's athletic talent. And if some of that could transition to cricket, you'd have some tremendous athletes playing cricket 
again, it's going to take time. No, no, none of this is an overnight uh, success story. It will take a bit of time to get there, but um, we're very supportive of that and want to do what we can to, to help the women's game grow. And to the future in 2024, the men's T20 World Cup is being played in the Caribbean and the USA. I think you've got 15 matches, I think. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we co co hosted, um, you know, across the, the Caribbean uh, and the US. Uh, ICC has not announced all the details yet, but believe that's coming a bit later in the in the year. Um, but yeah, tremendously exciting to have that here. It's it's clearly a, a really great uh, trajectory to, to to have Major League Cricket launch this year at the World Cup coming next year, and that will get us some breakthrough. I think there's some more general audiences too, because you know Americans know what a World Cup is, even if they don't understand cricket yet. Uh, you know, we saw that with football, you know, soccer in the the '90s here, having the men's World Cup in '94 and the women's World Cup in '99. You know, that took that sport to a new level in the U.S. Uh, and we think we can do something similar with, with cricket, uh, and we hope to host, you know, not just uh, next year's but future competitions as well especially as we add more facilities and you know once we've got five six world-class stadiums you know potentially could we host an odi world cup in the in the next decade uh, you know that, that type of thing would be fantastic you have had some odis in america i mean i think india play the west indies yep yeah there's a, a ground in in florida um where that's that's taken place and we do think we'll be able to host a lot of high level cricket here in the u.s once we have these stadiums online including the one in, in dallas uh, that's going to open next month um and as the usa gets stronger obviously we want to host usa matches against top tier um you know full member nations and, and, and do that consistently you know, we're going to have a bunch of cricket <laughs> stadiums and a short tournament so it's certainly in our interest to uh, to be able to host more international cricket uh, throughout the year uh, and you can play quite deep into the year in Texas. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's not a short summer here. It's it's warm deep into the year and early in the year as well. And you don't get much rain. So a good place to play, uh, same in California, obviously. And uh, we're able to, to host cricket. You know, we had Ireland play the US in Florida in December a couple of years ago. So it's really a year-round cricket nation, which pre presents some interesting opportunities uh, as well. Or teams could go to USA on the way to the Caribbean, couldn't they, to play a couple of matches? Yeah, I think it actually works really nicely uh, with the Caribbean uh, and the, um, you know, and the opportunity for us to, to grow the sport in this this side of the world uh, and share those opportunities. Like the Ireland example, they played in the West Indies as well as in America on that swing. Uh, so I think we'll be able to see a lot more of that, and that'll be good for the West Indies as well, because hopefully all the you know, attract teams to, to travel over here more often. It will only make sense for them to, to do a stop uh, in the Caribbean as well. Plus, it could also lead to cricket being in the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. Yeah, we're pretty optimistic about that. There's, there's nothing official yet, but um, we feel quite optimistic and, and hoping, hoping for some good news there soon. But that, again, just adds to that trajectory of Major League Cricket um, you know, World Cup and then uh, the Olympic Games uh, in LA. And that's one of the locations for, for one of our teams as well. So, of course, we're working on a stadium in that area that would uh, be a natural fit to host matches for that. So, um, yeah, we feel 
pretty good that uh, that that's uh, potentially going to happen. Well, that can certainly only grow the uh, the great game of cricket. But before we go, uh, Tom, can you remind us of the the date of the Major League Cricket competition and the first game and who's playing? Yeah, uh, all starts on July thirteenth in Dallas at, at Grand Prairie Stadium, uh, Texas Super Kings against the the LA Knight Riders. Uh, so a lot of star players who play for the Knight Riders and the Super Kings and the, the IPL and uh, other leagues uh, are coming over for that. Um, stay tuned for the for the broadcast details and the, the streaming details, but it'll be widely available. It's going to be a great broadcast, twenty four plus camera production um you know it'll, it'll look it'll look great we're gonna have a full crowd that night under the floodlights it will be late uh uk time but you know get up early in the morning and, and uh watch the recording or, or whatever there'll be some matches that will start a little bit earlier um in the evening uh uk time as well so there'll be some chances to see it so sort of nine ten o'clock at, at night for, for several of the games i bet you can't wait to get started though It'll be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I still look at the list of players we're announcing, and uh, I think they're going to be here in three weeks playing cricket in, in the middle of here in, in Texas. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So uh, it's going to be uh, something special when we when we see that. It's a long way from, for you from going along to Hove and watch Sussex. <laughs> it's a little bit different than a few seagulls in deck chairs and uh, Ian Salisbury turning some uh, some pretty good leg spin. Actually, he was a good good bowler, but. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit different here in Texas, but that's that's the fun of it. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to work in in sport here for for a while, and Americans do sport so well. Uh, you know, entertainment, and we want to bring a bit of that hybrid of American sport entertainment to the the great game of cricket, uh, and uh, and see see what happens. Uh, you know, we'll learn some things this year. I'm sure we'll improve on some things for for next year. We're not going to get it 100 percent right, but I think we've got the ingredients for a pretty special competition you know starting this year and then just growing from there well it sounds like you've got everything under control uh thank you very much for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion thanks so much for having me sports social podcast network lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.